Dear Rowan, the following is a fashion article from a playbill published June 1st, 1959 for a production of A Touch of the Poet starring Eric Portman. Here and now in New York, American fall fashion openings hold the stage. While for another month, the world must wait for the word from Paris, France, and Rome, Florence, Italy, will it confirm our United States designers' ideas of the coming fashion and women's clothes? Very likely, yes. More certainly, we don't especially care. This week, Playbill continues its reports on the current fashion scene in New York, come crystal gazing, the latter made possible by behind-the-scenes tours of East and West Side areas where Native American styles are born. This time, we're looking at accessories, the big little things that hint so broadly at the whole coming mood. For 1959, fashion accessories add a new dimension. Flagrant fakeries among aids to beauty that began last year with wigs have won themselves a following far beyond the ranks of original boosters and are big enough now for real fashion rating. The wig of real or unreal hair is chosen to suit a special costume, complementing its style, maybe matching its color. Whole wardrobes of wigs were inevitable among fanciers who can afford them. $200 is no unusual price for one good contemporary wig. And now comes the wig case, accessory to an accessory. Summer cases by Carita, famous creator of wigs, look like attractive straw handbags and carry the same 10% tax. There's a boom in real hair top knots too. These matched with infinite care to hair already on the head by such specialists as Joseph Fleischer. Addicts of paste-on eyelashes are wearing them so long they have to have a daily combing to get the snarls out. And the very latest cry is sets of adhesive eyebrows just arrived at Elizabeth Arden and guaranteed to give the wearer what amounts to a whole new face. If own brows stick out beyond the edges, just trim with manicure scissors. It stays here. We're great believers in shoes as heralds of what's in the wind in fashion. A trend to extreme elegance in every branch of footwear speaks with special authority of fall dressiness by day as well as by night. See a pair of sketched examples. An Oxford tie to meet the demands of afternoon tailors. A theater boot in haute couture tradition. The low and high of silhouettes and lace shoes a growing fashion which should see a revival of ghillies for sportswear. Papagallo has a cocktail ghillie mounted on the famous Louis underslung heel. Gloves are riding off in at least two directions, opposite ones. Thin-skinned glissés, stretch silks, fine suedes, hug the hand and give it the lady look. A cavalier air inhabits loose-wristed, thick-wrinkling pull-ons that are almost, but not quite, gauntlets. These, of course, for fall. Summer's pet is the indestructible little shorty glove in cotton, in washable leathers punctured in patterns for ventilation, and textured drip-dry simulating wig, piquet, etc. 
A rash of early rose fever that broke out all over in spring fashions is proving persistent. Jewelry, handbags, dress coat, glove shoe print patterns don't seem to care about finding a cure or even a substitute motif. The most spectacular pin in the fabulous jewel collection of Chester Lawrence II is a life-size rose in the bud carved in enchanting detail from one great chunk of coral and wearing a diamond dewdrop. A smaller rose pin of carved ivory is a big store exclusive, almost a trademark. Single roses and rose bouquets are embroidered on fabric gloves and handbags, printed on French leathers, umbrellas and waterproof coats wear roses that the rain won't wash off. There never has been such a run on roses, and it hasn't stopped yet. Away back last fall, we reported in these pages that women's watches were quitting the wrist. Many that remain on bracelet hands have taken to hiding their faces under flip-up lids, cunningly blind-fashioned to look like part of the bracelet design. But more and more new watches are dangling from neck chains and chest pins, or riding around in waistcoat and jacket pockets, with chains crossing the front closing to end in a pocketed fob or charm on the opposite side. This is in line with the big new raid on menswear ideas, an attack on all fronts, including hat shapes, jackets, the above-mentioned waistcoats, the cut of shirts, even little boys' shoes, now being copied in women's sizes for country loafing all adding up to the haberdashery look, latest catchphrase in the jargon of women's fashions. Another current label, the lingerie look, will be examined here next week. Barbara Blake. <laughs>